0: scoops with Danny Mac the podcast powered by I promise now here's Danny Mac I mean you talk about a treat not an approval (laughs) you talk about a Thanksgiving treat a holiday treat this is it Saxy in studio Mark Saxon of the Athletic I'm Dan McLaughlin I've got him in studio for the hour the hour talking Cardinal baseball or baseball in general. It is awesome to see you, man.
1: Good to see you, Danny. And when you uh, came up with the idea of coming into studio, I was like, man, I got to see my guy. We just we were just kind of kicking that around a little bit off off air. It's just nice to see you, you know, like be like in the same room with somebody.
0: Well, I I did enjoy on the Zooms um, with the Cardinals when we were hearing from John Moselock Daily or mm-hmm. Mike Schilt or a player. Um I really enjoyed seeing your kids running around. <laughs> I think you have a great setup at your house. Thank you. It's really beautiful. Yeah, You've done really wonders with the place. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, uh, you know, when my kids started fighting in the middle of one of them and I had to go <laughs> sprinting off camera and, like, break awesome. it up. Because they're 12 and 14 now. when they go at it, like, they can do damage. Oh, yeah. They're going to get at it. Yeah, that, that, that's fun. Yeah, so it's not so fun. Like, you know, I'm I'm an aging guy, so like getting in the middle of that can be a little painful for me. But you're not aging; you look great, sexy. <laughs> well, Danny, you look fantastic. Well, thank you, buddy. You look um,
0: wonderful. How did you? Uh, how did you spend your quarantine? I mean, were you were you physically getting out? Were you doing things? Were you were you busy? What, what, what you know? What kept Mark Saxon busy during all this? When normally you're spending your time down at the ballpark.
1: Well, geniuses that we are, my wife and I, we decided it was a good time to get a puppy. Mm. and we already have a six-year-old dog and these are uh pit bulls so they're they're high energy dogs and yeah when they're like you know we got him when he was you know nine weeks old so they are he was so amazing. loyal though yeah they're yeah, awesome they're great dogs yep. you know once you get them like love them up and yeah. kind of you know take the edge off a little bit but man did he have energy and so we've been chasing him around and you know, and you're writing from home, so you're always looking for ideas, and you're jumping on those Zoom calls that you mentioned. Yeah. And, you know, it's been a, it has been a ton of news this off season, but there's been a trickle and enough interesting stuff that we could kind of kick stuff around and and have some fun with projecting what they what the Cardinals might do. So, just like everybody else, man, just trying to make it work with this new reality. Uh, I'm curious
0: if you were looking at the season um and you reflect back on it i mean it's it's one thing from your perspective of how you cover the team you're, you're not saying hey this is what happened in the third inning this is what happened in the sixth. so a game story is not what you're doing every single day and i would advise everybody to get a subscription to the athletic you can read jeremy rutherford you can read mark saxon they do great in-depth stuff ken rosenthal uh, rosenthal does some great stuff there uh if you're a baseball fan and you can follow your favorite team so The point being is that it's not daily, but yet you're trying to find different angles. And if you're not at the ballpark to do that, to be around when you're just kind of seeing things, because that's Mm -hmm. sometimes what can trigger a story or an idea. How were you able to do that from home? Was it tough for you to do that?
1: You know, not so much, actually. I mean, it it was much more action-oriented maybe on the field. Like, you know, you would react to plays that were happening, performances of players, good or bad, Um, one of the treats this year was getting to, you know, watch and listen to you, you know, to be honest with you and you and Jim Edmonds and Brad Thompson and all these guys. I mean, you, you come up with interesting ideas sometimes and sometimes those will, I'll look into those. And, and so it's, it's everything basically. I'm just looking for whatever I think is a good story that people are going to eat up and be really interested in. And it doesn't matter where it comes from. You know,
0: it's crazy and it is crazy to think, but the Cardinals are probably
1: a player or two
0: from being shut down. For the year oh. I mean that would they were very close to being shut down Mike Schilt said that on the on the air here with me he said we were very close to being shut down yeah could you imagine not having Cardinal baseball for a summer no matter how it's presented with no fans and the way it was but my my goodness I mean no no baseball in this town it would have been awful
1: it would have been awful and you know that that assumes that they just would have stopped the Cardinals and continued... That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. They, they may have stopped the entire season at that point. And we all know when that moment was, right? It was in Milwaukee, and then they canceled the Detroit series. It was clear. Then the, the cases just kept going up and up. Now, Major League Baseball really dodged a bunch of bullets when you think about the Justin Turner thing. What if, what if that had happened four innings earlier?
0: What did you think about that whole thing?
1: I thought, you know... I, <laughs> I, I know Justin Turner because I covered that team. Yeah. And I, I, this is a guy who really loves the game. He's been a huge college baseball fan his whole life, a Fullerton guy, and just the, he had worked his whole life to get to that point and to finally have it. For I don't really like want to vilify him for running on the field and wanting to celebrate with his teammates and also the fan. You know, also just be at the stadium. You know, and enjoy that, soak that in. So. I I thought, you know, Major League Baseball needed to be a little stronger. And if it was really as big a violation as they later later let on, tell you know, get a security out there and say, just no way, you can't go out there, Justin. Have you heard any more
0: fallout from that? I have not. I've been trying to read and see if anybody else, if there was spread because of that, or. Was he the guy that was isolated or whatever? Just an isolated case. And I I have not seen much written about it or talked about it. No,
1: I haven't seen a lot of fallout either. And that's probably because it's over at that point. Right. So people realize you don't have to worry about it until next spring. But you're right. I mean, if I got sick because that happened, you know, I wouldn't be real happy about it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And we see how... you know, intent everyone is on how protocols, because we just saw yesterday with Carlos Martinez and and him getting questioned down in the Dominican Republic about some stuff he did without a mask and without social distancing. So, you know, it's gonna be around for a while, that storyline, are they behaving themselves and doing exactly what they should do by the letter of the law, you know, 21 to 35 year old guys are not always going to do exactly what they should be
0: no what was your your first impression and when you heard about the Carlos Martinez news follow-up what do you think happens any fallout from it? me personally I don't think there's any fallout from it I think it's been handled yeah it's just uh, it's not a great look obviously it's something it's another chapter with him that you hear some things about Um, so I'll give you my take here because I was asked about it on the crossover. I don't know if you were listening, but he's owed, you know, what is it, eleven and a half or something like that. And there's a couple option years. We're not gonna pick those up. So um you gotta try to salvage what you have in him. And whether that's it as a starter or reliever, me personally, I think he's gotta be in the relief area mm-hmm. and reestablish himself, especially with velocity, he was way down. We don't know how COVID nineteen affected him. Mm-hmm. Affected guys differently. But I don't think he's going anywhere. I think that's what you try to do you try to salvage what you got
1: i don't think he's going anywhere either and i think you know i i will say if you saw the videos of the um you know the it looked like a street party to me Mm -hmm. basically i guess they were filming some kind of music video with La Perversa, the um, uh, the singer of mm-hmm. uh, who was on the back of his motorcycle, but um, you know it was pretty blatant. You know, I mean, this was a big throngs of people, and he's sitting inches from her, um, no mask. Neither one of them had a mask on, so. I do think, and I texted with Mo a little bit early yesterday, I I think it's another thing with with Carlos where it's just like one more thing on their plate that they just don't feel like having to deal with, right? Right. And so you throw that in the mix, but if you're thinking about can they move him for something that helps them, I think there's too much doubt around the league about how healthy he is, I really do, and I... That, that's reflected in his performance it's reflected in what you mentioned you know radically declined uh velocity so teams just are, are so cognizant of that They're, they don't trust each other enough to really take on a guy if there's some doubt about his, his health i think
0: your colleague uh, two days ago it's always interesting to read these things but brought up nolan arenado again he's always <laughs> just dangling out there every offseason right. for everybody but the cardinals Um, I think everybody in baseball has had interest in him if they can find a fit what do you think about that with what Ken Rosenthal was reporting that the Cardinals may have interest again in Nolan Arenado, and I'm paraphrasing but I think that was basically the the, the tie-up of what he was writing in The Athletic.
1: Yeah, Kenny sent me, he, he's great about, you know, when there's something related to a Cardinals theme, he'll send me the the note and say, hey, can you read this? Does this make sense to you? And I sent it back and I said, it makes total sense. Because what he wrote about really was how this could be an ideal time if they were on the footing to acquire a, a Nolan Arenado um, because Colorado is going to be desperate to get out from under that contract. And we know that he wants to get out of Colorado. I don't think there's any doubt about that any longer. But there's complications you know there's complications the fact that they didn't want to take on the 35 million per year last year and Bill DeWitt Bill DeWitt Jr. essentially said that I asked him the question in it winter warm-up and he said no that would be a little too much for us to take on so now what's changed you know the financial picture has gotten worse yeah and he didn't have a very good year last year and he's a year older so um I, I don't see that as anything that's you know imminent by any means or would happen this winter but starting around the trade deadline next year keep an eye on it
0: yeah i would agree because at that point you're you're hoping knock on wood fans in the stands vaccine is readily available for those that want to take it and we're back to a sense of normalcy and there's revenue coming
1: in and at that point it's a game changer right and i think if you think you know look at how the stock market works look at how corporations think it's always about projecting future earnings so if they had some certainty that they'd have you know, butts in the seats, even by July, you know, and they go into a trade deadline and go, okay, we're going to start getting the revenues up. Maybe we act now, but until they know that certainty, it's very hard to see them, you know, making that kind of outlay. This is
0: from the 314. And I did think about this. I don't know if you had thought about this and it's a good question. If Martinez, um, or isn't it a big issue, a bigger issue that he was on a motorcycle? Is there a clause in his contract for that? And, You know, you you do think about everything When you see these pictures You know, Madison Bumgarner went through What he had to go through Um, But if he did see the video that Mark is uh, Talked about earlier I mean, it's going at a snail's pace And it looks like it's being shot for a video Right You know, it's kind of like, okay That's the prop of the motorcycle And, you know, it's not really like he's doing Off-road biking here It's So, no, I I don't think that's going to be A part of that that's Going to be diving into uh from the cardinal's perspective i don't think that that's something that they would look at At i wouldn't
1: wouldn't think so either and having been to the dominican republic you know and seen you know like you're driving down there it's just different like you know there's a family of four on a moped and you know there's the the drunk driving laws are different and everything so like it it can be pretty wild driving down there what he looked what he was doing looked pretty safe to me but they're you know, a lot of these contracts do have no motorcycle clauses. So that may be something I look into. I think of the Jeff Ken incident. That's another one. Where he was popping wheelies, broke right. his wrist. I think he he tried to say it was something else, but they, they sniffed it out. So it could be something. But... Again, like Again, he, it was going he, at about
0: two miles an hour, <laughs> I think. What am
1: I right about that? I yeah, mean it was I was a looking at the raid. Yeah. There were so many people in the streets he couldn't go any faster. Right. You know? right. Now we don't know what he did as soon as it ended. He might have peeled out knowing Carlos, but you're right you're right it, it you know it certainly didn't look uh, incriminating there no um so i think again it's just you throw it into the carlos martinez it's a lot, had a lot of issues bucket
0: 65780 is the uh, text line 65780 so mark saxon is with us and um uh, we're gonna get a lot of qu- i mean tons of questions Fine. are coming in okay you're good if we go down a bunch of those okay so it. if you have questions for mark we'll get to a bunch of those we'll take a quick break More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Awesome to have Mark Saxon of The Athletic get a subscription at The Athletic. Maybe do that for Christmas. Ooh, I like that idea. Yeah. What's the the going rate now? I've been a subscriber forever, so it just auto... You know, takes my money and I'm happy about it. I don't care because I use it every day. But, um, I was just very curious what, uh, what it is now.
1: I think it's sixty bucks a year, but we, we have I don't think it's that here, high. Right? Yeah, is it is it fifty? Between fifty and sixty. You're supposed to know
0: these things, Saxy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it's trying like, to tee you up. It's he, like five right bucks a month. He's <laughs>
1: right, it's sixty. Is, is it, it 60? 60? Yeah, it's sixty? Yeah. Okay. okay. Did you pay for retail? Yeah, yeah. well okay. when I got it, I got the deal and I got the T shirt with it, but okay. then when I re uh, when it like kinda rejuvenated in my account and took my money, it was sixty. Thank you for that. You got it. Yeah. Okay. Both of you guys. All right. Keeping me in you know, keeping you employed, keep me employed. Yeah, keep, to, Keeping food
0: on the table Go to the Athletics so that saxie has a nice Christmas too And his kids <laughs> um, all right, Let's get into a bunch of people Are texting in 65780 On the uh, Air Comfort Service text line And I'm sure you get this on social media I get it every day What's going to happen with Yachty What's going to happen with Wayno? So let's start with the Yachty or Molina uh, Aspect of this What do you think is going to happen to What is in my opinion a future Hall of Famer
1: Yeah I agree with that the thing on both of these guys, like the the overarching thing, like the Cardinals have said they want to retain both guys. What we really don't know is how intent they are on retaining both guys, right? Are they going to let it go to free agency and they have the number they're willing to let it go up to? And if it surpasses that, they're not interested or are they going to make the last offer and in their minds top it and keep the player? We don't know that. And if they had any... Thoughts of kind of starting, you know, taking the, the the organization in a different direction, maybe letting those guys go. It's the last thing they would say because it would be a huge backlash. Right? Yeah, I- so they, they could never say that publicly. So we don't know exactly the level. That's the first thing I say. We really don't know the exactly the level of their whatever you want to call it desperation, need, want to keep both players. Um, in terms of Yachty. That two-year deal uh, situation is really interesting to me. If he's adamant about that, I could see that being a little bit of a stumbling block, certainly for other teams. Now, would the Cardinals extend for that second year? We'll find out. Um, see, I, that's I, what I, I yeah. think
0: that if I was saying this on the crossover, it, if if he's intent on a two-year deal, he, I think he can get it in St. Louis, where mm-hmm. I think other teams it's not as enticing for a 38-year-old catcher yes. who's still playing at a high level but a lot of mileage on the body I'm not so sure that teams want to extend 2 years. I think, I that's think the Cardinals right. yeah. would, but yeah. I'm not sure other teams it's as appealing where they say, "Hey, we need that one guy, that one catcher for one year. That's the let's go get him. Mm-hmm. Pay him a lot of money potentially. That would work, but 2 years? I, I'm not so sure teams are, gonna, are, are so willing to, to extend that much.
1: 100% agree. And look at every deal that's been signed thus far has been a one-year deal. Right. So that's what teams are looking. They're looking for bridges. They're looking for stopgaps. And to me, that's what Yachty is for. if he goes to another organization. And frankly, he kind of is that here too because they do have two good catching prospects the idea would be that you need Yachty for at least one more year and maybe that second year. Does it? At what point does his role shift a little bit and the other catcher gets more time? A lot of questions there, but again, I think it'll be really interesting if we can find out at some point what the offers look like from other teams. If the Yankees come with a one-year $10 million deal, does he jump mm-hmm. and just go, man, Thinking about me as the final piece on that team with the firepower they have, comparing, you know, the offensive firepower, let's say, of the Yankees to the Cardinals. Sure. Uh, you know, there's a there's a discrepancy, discrepancy there. And if you think about the impact Yachty could have on run prevention, enormous. So that rumor to me makes a lot of sense and if the Cardinals are really intent on keeping this guy I'd keep a close eye on that one. Uh, Do you think that the signing of Morton this morning by the Braves and then Smiley
0: last week as they try to bolster their rotation does that have an adverse effect on Waino maybe going to Atlanta?
1: Yeah I think so in part because you know Charlie Morton's kind of a pretty similar pitcher to Adam Wainwright you know that if you look at most of the last few years, highest percentage of curveballs thrown in the major leagues, it's either one or the other of those two guys. Right. So, I think they got their curveball guy, um, and they have a great rotation right now. When you look at it on paper, It's pretty good. And is, is Adam Wainwright the kind of guy you sign and then store him up as depth in the bullpen? I don't. I don't think so. I don't think that's something that would appeal to him, and I don't think it's right to do at this stage of his career. So, I think that takes them out of the running now. Somebody else could emerge as a possibility, and Adam would be such a great influence on a, a good young pitching staff. That's why I thought Atlanta was a great potential fit there. In and it makes sense. Him, yeah, in addition to him being from there. Right. Yeah. It, it go back where it all started. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, he was drafted there. Um, I agree.
0: I the, the The thing that would intrigue me, and as I said this too on the crossover, and I want to see if you agree, but. It's, you know, the old adage, and it is so true, and I think it's now more than ever because of the gauntlet of postseason play, you cannot have enough arms. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just can't. And you look at Tampa Bay first time through, okay, second time through, now we're going to our bullpen, where if you add an Adam Wainwright, he fits kind of what Atlanta's maybe doing, what they're talking about doing is kind of taking that that blueprint and using it. So does that take... You know, you look at that model and you say, let's go get him. And there's all the intangibles of helping out these young guys they're bringing up. Yeah. And he's also, by the way, you're, you're curtailing maybe some of his innings, which might mm-hmm. be important. So you keep him somewhat fresh. It might be a perfect fit. You're talking about the Braves? Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting, like... If you talk about um the real contenders, you're gonna run into that with some of them. You know, they just don't some of these teams and you either the Rays were the most, you know, glaring example, the A's have done this in the past too. They, they're the innings are just not going to be there for starters because they just they get they're basically like four innings and fly and keep rotating guys through and we saw that with Tampa Bay. Um, that's not traditionally what Adam's been even this last year. You know, there were times when his seven innings, nine innings were were Ryan. huge for the Cardinals. So he's capable of doing more than that. So I would think a team that was looking for a more of a traditional starter would be a better fit for him. Um. But you're right. I mean, we have seen teams in the past stockpile pitching depth, and just that was going to be their thing. Um, again, I just have to see how it worked. You you know, if Because they've got two, in addition to the five starters they now have, Atlanta has two really good young right. starting pitchers, and Kyle Wright um, and the other gentleman is – Anderson. To, yes. Anderson will probably be in the rotation. Yeah. So they just have a lot of good young pitchers, and could he help? Yeah. I mean, I think he could help a lot of places um, – you know, and the other thing is, are they going to try to keep Marcelo Zuna because that's that's a big chunk of their is money there, there a as DH? Well. That's right, big question. Baseball has got to to get that out there pretty soon. You know, they're going to have the owners' meetings, the the winter meetings virtually this year. They got to bang that one out pretty soon.
0: I would think then, if you have the DH in the National League, then you got to give something because it's collectively bargained. So you're talking about big paying jobs. Nelson Cruz even said, "I'm not." signing until I know what the full mm-hmm. marketplace could be, so it's big-paying jobs, then it maybe means expanded playoffs is the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. You, you agree with that? Where the
1: owners would ask for a yeah. little something. Yeah, I, it seems like the owners are pretty... Um, down with the DH you know they don't seem to be fighting it as much but I will say if they see an opportunity to exact some kind of compromise from the players they'll definitely take it as you mentioned that could absolutely be one of them you know I don't know whether it will be as expanded as last year I, I hope it's not um You know, maybe, have they talked about seven with one team getting a bye? Something like the NFL? I don't like that. Yeah. I I do,
0: I I, kind of like the fact that you don't have a one game. So you've played a hundred. I like
1: that too. Yeah, I did play, like yeah. play a series.
0: Play a because you, you played 162 right. games, and now it's coming down to one game. Right. Yeah, let's, let's do a three game. And do plus a,
1: a three game series is, is what we're used to. That's what they play 90 right. the 90 of the way through the regular season, and you want to win those series. What what do you hear managers say? We want to win series. Right. And so that's a cool thing that they decided it with a three game series. I thought. So if you
0: give if you give expanded playoffs, so you have to make a carrot though for a team to finish first like you've got to give them something to go for so that they're not just saying well let's kind of hang around the middle and hopefully get in and do some damage which is fine i mean that's that's you know what some teams have done um but you got to make it to where there's a reward at the end of that long season for finishing first
1: hundred percent and they've devalued the regular season to a, a ridiculous extent that's what baseball has always been about it's about grinding through it you know, it was about getting to the World Series because he had a great season originally, right? right? There were no playoffs. So, to me, the solution to that is an odd number of teams in each each league. And the best team in the league gets a bye the first round. And the reason—I I just think, like, if you look at what the Dodgers were last year relative to the rest of the National League, they were so far heads above. Oh, it's, you know, they had the best pitching and the best hitting in the league. You don't see that that often. So that's not a team that should have to play in the first round. Um you know, it, regardless of who they're playing. And, and I know, the, you know, the Reds had a really low seed, but that could have been a dangerous team because of their pitching, right? I mean, you run into sure. that, anything and they And they were really good. They just had zero offense. <laughs> they could have beat the Braves. <laughs> they were good on one half right. of, the, of the game, not so good on the other. But, yeah, so I agree with you 100%. The team that dominates the league that year should not have to. They should, there should be some massive reward for that team.
0: Andrew Kisner, so let's just say for argument's sake that Yachty would go. Mm -hmm. Um, Where I'm hesitant of where the Cardinals say, okay, he's gone and Kisner's the guy. I just look back to last year, you had 11 doubleheaders and he wasn't a part of those, knowing that he was going to be, you needed a guy on the second half of games. I I even asked Yachty, I said, oh, you're going to, I think he had hit the home run on, Roberto Clemente day. Mm. And I said, oh, I better let you go so you can get ready for game two. And he goes, no, no, I'm done. I'm <laughs> done. I said, really? And he said, oh, no, I can't go today. You know, he, he, even he acknowledged the guy that wants to play every inning, like, I need a little break, you know. <laughs> even Yachty said, I need a little break, which is, I thought he was going to play every inning. I really did. Talk about
1: a scoop. That, that was a scoop.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> so... um, The interesting thing, though, was that Kisner wasn't here, and you had Matt Wieters hobbling around with a broken toe and struggle getting into a catcher's position, wasn't hitting, and I just thought if this was the time to – if there was ever a time to find out about Andrew Kisner, maybe this was the time. So did they feel comfortable going forward with him? I I really – I do question that.
1: Yeah, I have not gotten, like, a real sense of their internal feeling about him. When I watched him play this year, and it wasn't much, but, you know, when he was up – he really seemed like he was throwing well. You know, The, the, the summer he, camp, he looked great. Right. He had been a guy who was converted, you know, as an infielder. Right. Didn't quite have the bat to be a third baseman, but certainly as a catcher had the bat, had to learn the skills. I thought he was making progress, and that's all you heard in spring training about what great progress he had made behind the plate. So we do know that this organization has pretty high standards because of what they've been looking at for the last 15-plus years with Yachty. <clears throat> so... Is he up to the standards that they, you know, require of a catcher defensively in terms of understanding everything that's going on in the field, in, ter- in terms of positioning, in terms of location of pitches, calling pitches? We don't really know that, and they may not want to totally let on. Um, I've heard Herrera might be a little, you know, profile a little more impressive as a defense I love watching him in
0: spring yeah wow.
1: he's got a good arm and he he's aware of what's going on he's, yeah he's a catcher he's a natural catcher so may, if that's the guy and last year in the Arizona Fall League he hit right. I mean that's he can hit he does have a bat yeah. like unlike most catching prospects right so I, but I think the thing to think about is there, there's more ways than one to to you know what's the expression skin, skin a cat. cat or yeah right. it does you know if Kisner ends up being the guy, and they take a step back in terms of pitch calling and all those things, and you see a little bit higher ERA. Well, what if, you know, Kisner potentially has a little more pop than Yadi did, home run, you know, poten- you know I think yeah. he's more likely to hit a home run in a given at bat. So maybe he makes up for it to some extent on that. And then you've got Herrera down the line to readjust. But I, <clears throat> I would not expect them, if they don't sign Yadi or Molina, to sign a veteran high priced catcher as a replacement. Yeah. That, that is not going to happen. Mark Saxon is my guest, and he is from The Athletic, and so for your Christmas
0: holiday, make sure that you get a subscription to The Athletic so that Mark can have a nice Christmas as well with his family. Is that a good promo for yeah, you? Yeah, that's
1: really good. In fact, uh, if you don't get the subscription, it's going to be like, you know, cold water and <laughs> bread for my kids this holiday season. Thank you uh, for that, Daniel. No, No problem
0: more of what you want to hear scoops with danny mack in podcast form on 101 espn dramatic music
1: sexy in the house uh, I, I i see players running out of a tunnel with like, smoke, smoke. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen
0: the las vegas raiders fired up <laughs> oh, give me a break um There's a bunch of things I want to hit with you here. First of all, start of the season. Do you think we have a start of a regular season of 162? And do you think it begins in, what, late March, April?
1: Oh, boy. Uh, God. I, I, aren't you tired of, like, thinking about these things, delays? I do, because it's yeah. like,
0: I, like, this is how I make a living, so yeah. I think about it a lot, you know?
1: You know, I, spring training is going to be impacted in some way. You Are you about think about going there? Do you think you will be going down there? I, I would go if there's some kind of in-person availability, you know, depending even if it's press conference setting. I Just to... You know, I I, for us as reporters, sometimes you just have to have your face seen, right? Like so they they know that you're really committed to it and you're gonna be around and you're sure, you know, you're you're engaged. But um so yeah, I would if they had some kind of in person but if everything's gonna be on Zoom calls again, I I may not I may not go down, you know, for that. So it will be impacted in spring training. I would hope, you know, if they can approve this vaccine and Let's hope maybe next fall or next spring, you know, that gets disseminated and then maybe something close to a a start on time. If they start May 1, that's not the end of the world. But compared to a 60 game season, anything's going to feel like a real, legit, you know, baseball season.
0: I've heard everything of 162 because the players really want 162. They want Mm. to get their full pay. Sure. I've heard 154, then the extra. Playoff round, I've heard, well, if we can't have fans in the stands early, we got to move the season back because owners want to make their money. And right. and it's understandable. I mean, I, all these things that are on the table, I get every every possible scenario. I can make a case for all of them and say, yep, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and you can make, it, make a case for all of them, and, and none of them may be irrelevant because the science is going to drive it, right? The, yes. The, the medical science is going to drive the whole thing, and they're just sort of, like the rest of us, waiting to see what they come up with. I was
0: so thankful that they played, and and I know some people debate whether we should have played or not. I was very thankful on a selfish level because I I wanted to do games, and and, and that's how we make a living, and and it was very important. I also thought from the baseball perspective, and this goes for any sport, you just can't go dark. You had to give it your best shot, and if it didn't work, it didn't work. You know, If there was just tons of outbreaks and the travel and the things, it didn't work, then it didn't work. They tried. Mm But I thought you had to try. So I, I give baseball and the players and all. I don't know if you saw Adam Adovino, uh put out a, a There's a piece on ESPN where he took pictures. You know, he said, OK, here's what like week one was like. And here's what we were doing on a charter. And here's how we went through with masks. And this is how we stretched socially. I mean, it was just fascinating to
1: see behind the scenes. It was not easy to do. It was not easy at all, and no. I give him credit for doing it. Yeah, and what did we hear around the Cardinals all year? It was like, you know, this was tougher than most people realize. They just kept telling us that, and they there were these hints of, you know, there's some things that haven't become public that were, you know, very, very difficult in this situation. And then it starts trickling out. You know, Paul DeYoung was pretty sick for a while. Carlos yeah. Martinez went to the emergency room a couple times. He felt like he couldn't breathe. So. Yeah, it was very difficult to do. And I think the thing that I think they nailed and they got right, and and the reason they did this was financial, but I think it worked out for us as baseball fans too, and that is make it about the postseason, right? Like a 60-game season was kind of ridiculous in terms, it's just too small a sample size to evaluate how players did. It doesn't compare with other seasons, so you almost kind of throw all that out in a way. but. The postseason was so fun to watch, I thought. I thought it was great. Yeah, and it was this tournament. The Cardinals had some great moments in in their little three-game series. And then... You know, you're waiting to see if the Dodgers are going to kind of, you know, I guess the word would be choke, at, you know, like they With had the some, Braves yeah, down 3-1. Right. Playing a really good Braves team and that you just saw some talent, too, that you maybe didn't know a lot about. And you got to see, you know, Randy Rosarena. You got to see um, Anderson, Nick Anderson, Ian Anderson. You know, some of these guys you just didn't know as much about. And it was fantastic for baseball, I thought. So I thought. You know, expanding the postseason made so much sense last year. December
0: 2nd, that's when, uh, the, you know, you either tender a guy or non tendered, and it's going to flood the market, it seems like, with all just a whole batch of really good names, big names. Um, how aggressive do you think the Cardinals will be one way or another this offseason?
1: I think they'll be aggressive on the kind of, you know, on your deals, on the kind of names you mentioned, like non tender guys, because those players are appealing for a few reasons. One reason is that, They are, if you're at that stage of your career, you're usually a younger guy, right? So you only have three, four, five years of major league experience. That means you're usually 26, 27 versus when a lot of guys get to free agency, they're 30, 31. Right. right? So those will be interesting names to look at. And and guys who have traits that maybe, let's say, the Cardinal scouts or analytics people really dig and, and like those particular traits, whether it's spin rate on a certain pitch or whether it's, you know, exit VLO or whatever they look at as kind of their pet analytic, there's going to be guys they comb over and there could be some opportunities there. And and I think obviously what we want, you know, what most fans want to see is, is more power because that's what they didn't have last year. And I think there could be some guys who kind of fill that bill. I do think it would help if there's a designated hitter. It's just an easier area to fix if he doesn't have to play the field. So You know for low cost and so there's a lot of things in play but yeah that is going to be a real factor and there's going to be more free agents in two weeks than there are right now cardinals in terms of lane thomas
0: and uh, tyler o'neill bader that collection you you know we talk about it all the time was the 60 games we just saw enough to make your decision that hey you got to go out and get somebody or do you give them a full year
1: yeah i mean how sick are cardinals fans oh man like we need, really need to see what Tyler O'Neill can do with 400 at-bats or 500 it, at-bats. And or.
0: the hard part was Rosa Rosarena went off. And right. it was like, well, there was a guy, right? He was in your backyard. And right. then
1: it happened, and oh, boy. Yeah, that it was tough I, to swallow. The postseason was not fun for the Cardinals. No, front it wasn't. <laughs> no. I, I talked to Moe. He... he he broke his ankle slipping yeah. on the, on the step at the in, in uh, San Diego field. Yeah. Game two. And so he was already feeling lousy and he said, but the real pain was turning on the TV every night and a Rosarena hit home." <laughs> 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 so,
0: uh,
1: that, that was not good, but it, it really, I, I don't personally think Dan that Tyler O'Neill has proven that he cannot be a really usable piece, but that's hard to just keep repeating. At some point he's got to step up and do it. And That might be one month in in April. It might be two months. if he's You know, it all depends how he's doing. But, again, you're talking about a gold-glove outfielder. Hit 180 or whatever it was. Um, Didn't hit for the power you would hope that you saw in the minor leagues. But, again, like, there were even within that there were good signs. He wasn't swinging at as many bad pitches. He walked a little more. So, again, like, how much patience is too much? It depends, you know what your other options are and right now those don't exist yeah and
0: the thing is too they need power that's clear i mean they're they're missing that and tampa bay if you take Rosarina out of their lineup did not hit for the most part but they had timely hitting at times where a guy would walk into one they'd mm-hmm. win the game because they had great pitching right and that's where o'neal is fascinating to me what if he what if he just said come hell or high water 500 at bats, 550, and he's going to strike out 200 times, whatever, but he's going to hit us 30, 35 bombs, which may happen. Yeah. You know, do you live with that? Is that how the game is played today? That's just what you do.
1: The game is played that way today, and Harrison Bader, kind of the same way, right? Like, he is a guy. You watch him with two strikes. His swing looks exactly the same as it does when it's 3-1. He does not cut down his swing. and. I have kids who are 12 and 14. That's how they teach hitting now. Yeah, It's all about hitting it as hard as you can at every single situation. They do not talk about situations. They don't talk about going the other way or keeping it low or hitting ground balls like they used to. It's totally different. Mark Saxon is my guest. One more segment
0: with him. Fun to have him in studio. Again, get a subscription to The Athletic. You can read Mark and uh, Jeremy Rutherford and and you'll You'll stay employed, which is great. That would be fantastic. Yeah, that's
1: my real kind of motivation here. Okay, good. It wasn't to see me. Bad year. So, you know, nothing sets up for that, but you never know. Well, thanks for poking the hornet's nest. Can't (laughs) wait to get into it now. (laughs) Sorry.
0: (laughs) I got to be that guy. No, we, we just don't know. December 2nd, we'll see what happens. That's the way I'm playing it. <laughs> That's true. All right. Saxy, this was awesome, man. Thanks for coming in. What
1: a blast.
0: Anytime. You are oh, always guys. welcome. Fantastic Anytime you people. want to come in and do an hour, and uh, we can get subscriptions to the athletic for you so you can have a good Christmas for your family. Need those. We'd be happy to do that. Jamie, you, you looked at me with trepidation.
1: No, no. I just want to make sure that people pick up their big Saxy gear for Christmas.
0: Look at what Ooh. he's wearing a Saxon
1: sweatshirt. I like it. See, yeah. it's already starting. It is. It's a trend. We got a company. I can... thought you would have had that like they were banned like in the eighties. I thought that would have been on your like playlist on Spotify. Again. Probably, yeah. <laughs> there are Somewhere a lot of things that. that are probably banned that were on my playlist. <laughs> yes.
0: yes. Rims, BK Alex are coming up next. Saxy, thanks for coming in, man. This is fun. Great to see you guys. Thanks for the invite, and I uh look forward to talking to you soon. You got it. That's Mark Saxon, and we'll talk to you tomorrow at ten on one oh one ESPN. <laughs> Listening
1: to Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast powered by I Promise.